From the red carpet to the celebrity street style hairdos and hair don'ts, this is Get Trust With Us. Here's your host, ladies and gentlemen, Us Weekly's beauty director, Ms. Gwen Flamberg. Hey guys, it's Gwen, and you're listening to Get Trust With Us. So today I'm in the studio with my cohorts in Beautyland. We call it the Land of Beauté. Miss Beth Shapori. Hey guys. And of course, Travis Cronin. Travis Beauté. Travis Beauté could be your new nickname. It's a good drag name. Oh, I bet you could do better. Yeah, I bet I could too. I bet you could. Yes, I like the name Immunity for a drag queen. Immunity? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Immunity Balboa of the Rocky Balboas. Oh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I'm not really, you know, um, not really getting all the references no, together. If you could but see my okay. face right now, I know Beth is like that face that makes the 11s. Don't do it. My mother always said, if you make a face, it's gonna stay that way, and you don't want to spend the rest of your life savings on Botox or neurotoxins like it. Yeah. All right, you guys. Okay, drum roll, please. It is almost. Met Gala Monday. Yes, the first Monday of May. Met Gala, the first Monday in May. The Metropolitan Museum's Costume Institute Charity Ball, which raises a lot, a lot of money Mm -hmm. for the museum and for the fabulous Costume Institute, which I don't know about you guys. It's my second favorite part of the Met. The costume? The The Costume costume Institute. Mm -hmm. My first favorite is is Arms and Armor. Oh, I yeah. Love, I love That's Arms a really and good Armor. one, too. Yeah. I like all the like Egypt stuff they have. Yeah. That's like my favorite part of the Met. Yeah. It's just like so gorgeous. Well, here's room. the thing you've got to walk through Arms and Armor to get to the Temple of Gender and yes, all do. the quote Egyptian stuff that you speak of. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Met Gala Monday is like the be all end all red carpet, right? It is. Yes. Absolutely. What, what are you guys excited about? to see like first of all Beth take us through what the theme is about this year so the theme is uh called camp notes on fashion and it's based on a Susan Sontag um essay and you know camp is is gonna be quirky and crazy I mean this is a night this is this is a night that always pulls out kind of the crazy to some and when I say crazy I mean in a good way it's just kind of fun and people just do whatever and it's a big like party and because it's like, you know, every other red carpet of the year, everybody's worried about best dressed and mm-hmm. looking, um, you know, really like gorgeous, traditionally beautiful. Right. Right. Exactly. And the, and on this red carpet, it's really more about just like just going for it and having fun. And creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Creativity. Self-expression. Yeah. The way that the celebrities and the models and the influencers interpret what the theme is. And I think that this year is going to be really, really fun. Yeah. Yes. It's like Katy Perry sort of has explained the theme, like camp. Like well, Katy she's Perry one is like way, pop art. She's exactly that's yeah. I, that's one way to describe it. Like it's going to be really fun to see. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to imagine there's going to be lots of neon and things coming out of people's heads mm-hmm. and like oh yeah, there's going to be like structured dresses that people have to have like carried the like. I, there's mm-hmm. going to be there's going to be a lot of power clashing mm-hmm. and different patterns that go together. I think we're going to see a lot of. Um, really bold color and I think we're going to see a lot of like really fun hair and makeup like I think we mm-hmm. could see some drag queen makeup because, absolutely you know that's camp like what is more camp than than drag queens nothing that's right I'm yeah. so excited it feels like how I like to dress every day like even- loud and campy and 
crazy you and cartoonish. Too. Yes, camp is sort of how I would describe your everyday For style. For sure, and I feel like I'm finally being validated by Anna Wintour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wonder what she's going to wear because I don't know how serious. I think she's print. Yeah, I was going to say she's going to wear an A-line dress. Mm-hmm. Right, right. A-line primary colors, maybe a little geometrics, loud maybe a for floral. Anna. <laughs> maybe a floral, you know, for which spring. she usually wears. But, you know, here's the thing, you guys. Like, I think that, that it's really open to interpretation, and I also think that we're going to see some, like, traditional, like, things that harken to camping and yes. sleepaway camp and the woods. Yeah, and we can definitely see some of those, too. That could be really interesting and fun, too. Mm-hmm. Kind yeah. of reminds me of one of my favorite Met Gala looks of all time when Priyanka Chopra wore that, like, Ralph re- Lauren. crazy long Ralph Lauren, yeah. like, mm-hmm. safari dress. It was like yeah. a trench coat dress. It was dress. cool. Yeah. It was cool. And it had a massive train, and it was just really cool because it was, like, you know— an interpretation of something that you're used to seeing mm-hmm. in every day. It was a day. campy version of a Ralph Lauren trash. It sort of was, but what was the theme that year? It wasn't camp. No, it was the year before. So last year was um, Catholicism. Right. And it was the yes. year before that, which was, it'll come to me and 30 minutes after There was after technology. <laughs> technology is 25th. 2016. 2016. So what was 2017s? But I can't remember either. Oh, that was the Comte Garçon China. Oh, no. China, no. China was earlier. China was maybe 2015. So that was actually one of my most favorite looks was Rihanna when she wore that incredible mm-hmm. Chinese designer's yellow gown that was just so massive. And also yeah. like it was early. Yes. It was like mm-hmm. early in the meme game, right? And mm-hmm. it was like yeah. the look that launched a gajillion memes. Yeah, you're right. That was very early in the meme game. And that was like the biggest meme of that time. It's really cool. It's like her in the egg skillet. <laughs> it was Come to Garçon, 2017. Yeah. So that was like the simplicity of lines. And that was really cool. That like massive Oh, trench gown. I love it. The trench gown was for the China one. For Comme des Garçons, she wore that crazy, like, paper mache red yes. thing that looked like it yes. was going to fall apart, but chic at the same time. <laughs> well, Rihanna, she doesn't disappoint in the fashion no. department. Rihanna always brings it at the Met Gala. She always looks she's the one super fun, and she stands out, and there's something going on where you, like, kind of almost think you're going to see her nipple, and it's just so, like, it's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Oh, and her after-party look, when she first hosted up and down, like, Rihanna's Met Ball after-party, solidifying her after-party is the only one where she, like, had that gold slinky gown that cut all the way down to her butt crack. Yeah. Oh, my God. With, like, her natural curls out and, like, a little oh. booty showing. I mean, a great after-party look. Yes. It was so stunning. Yes. My favorite of, like, probably all time was the Zach Posen technology dress. Oh. Where he partnered with Google and he, Claire Danes. What was it? What? What was the dress like? So it was, like, <laughs> actual Cinderella. Oh, so yeah. it was the Cinderella gown yes. where he had... Well. Obviously, you love that. Oh, my God, of course. It's like camp fun, what I live for. Like, go big or go home. And he did, like, there were 30 mini battery packs, 600 hours of work, and he had fiber optics, like, sewn into the entire thing, like the tiny little fiber optic, like, Cinderella things. And then the whole corset and bottom was lined with, like, big fiber optic cables. It was pretty neat. And, I mean, that was, like, a Met Gala stunt dress that I, everyone will remember. It's true. I loved it. I loved it. One of my favorite looks was 2015 Beyonce, mm. who she basically looked like she was wearing just like <laughs> glitter on yes. like her private. Yes. Like she just yes. looked amazing. That was like the naked dress to end all <laughs> yes. naked dresses. It she was, was amazing. She was wearing those like hidden heels with no yeah. heel on oh, them, yeah. like the Lady Gaga hoof shoe. Yeah. Oh, and the, her high ponytail. Yeah, oh, that ponytail. A true that gen- was genie. 
Now, I interviewed her hairstylist mm. the next day because he had changed the hair in the right. elevator on right. the way to the Met Gala. What? Crazy. Yes. What was it before? I think it was down, and then all of a sudden, in the elevator, she decided because you know her elevator in her fancy mm-hmm. Tribeca apartment yeah. building mm-hmm. evidently has mirrors, mm-hmm. and she saw herself in the mirror, and she said to the hairstylist, "Like I want to wear my hair up. I want to. I want to. Let's do a high, high, high pony." And they did it, like, in the elevator on the way. So it's so funny because, you know, it's like celebrities spend, I can't imagine how much time goes into planning and fittings and the glam, you know, dry test run, right? Mm -hmm. And then to just change it at the last minute, it's like that's true creativity. That's crazy. They take forever, months, years sometimes with these Rihanna gowns that are so intricate. They can take years and years and hundreds and hundreds of people working on it. Well, it is really interesting to think about how celebrities partner with designers to walk on red carpets. And we are going to call up an expert that just knows these things, Sharon Ainsberg, who is a partner in the agency Show & Co. that books celebrities for all manner, kind of like Bridges, fashion and celebrity. They book celebrities for the front row of fashion shows. They um, help celebrities partner with the right designers for red carpet and for events. And, you know, they even do like VIP dressing, which is how, you know, when we see celebrities in street style wearing the same denim designer, Mm. you know, that like puts it into the zeitgeist, there's usually somebody really smart behind the scenes. And I think that Sharon will give us a little bit of insight into how all that happens. Yes. I'm very excited to hear about this. Me too. I think it's such so a interesting. huge stage that it's you massive. know a lot is going on behind the scenes that you never even think Just about. so cool. And so we're going to learn about it with you guys. Should we call her up? Let's do it. Let's call her up. Hello. Sharon, is that you? Why, it is. Miss oh. Gwen. Well, we are so <laughs> we are so excited that you can join us today. I know. I wish I could have actually been with you, but I'm glad that we were able to do this by phone. Thanks for having me. Oh my God, so much fun! Well, I am here with Travis Cronin. Hi, Sharon. I can't take uh, it. I love you. And Beth, who I don't know if you've met Beth in person. I don't know. No, I don't think so. But Beth, I've heard so much about you. And I have heard so much about you as well. So I feel like we're old, old friends. I know. I feel like we go way back. Um, Here's the amazing thing. We don't have a producer with us in the studio. And we think that we're doing this right. But disclaimer, we might not be. Yeah, we think this is right, though. <laughs> we might have to repeat this whole thing tomorrow. So actually, none of this might even it's, be yeah. being recorded right, right. now. It's possible, but, like, here's the thing. It is all being recorded. <laughs> and if anything, it's very loud. Mm-hmm. So so even if it's not connected in the right way, technically, it, sh- it should record and it should tape. But anyway. Yes. We well, either way, we're going to have a good time, and I'm very loud, as we know. So <laughs> it, will, it will be loud no matter what. Thank God. We'll keep on keeping on. All right, so we were just talking about the Met Gala, which is coming up the first Monday in May. We are so excited. And, you know, we thought that it was really interesting. You know, with Met Gala, it's a little bit different than other red carpets, right? Like, doesn't Vogue decides they partner celebrities with the designers. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, very often they are the ones, you know, making the suggestions and kind of, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways just sort of having the, the final say, the designers run by them, this is what I want to do. And 
um, you know, Vogue is definitely in control of, of the invitations and uh, helping with the pairings for sure. Right. So do the celebrity, do the designers reach out to the, like get a list of celebrities and then send them to Anna for a review? I think it's both. I think it goes both ways. I think that there are a number of, so for example, if a designer has a pre-existing relationship with talent and feels like, God, it would just make so much sense for mm-hmm. me to bring that person as a guest, it's just kind of run you know, it's, it's sort mm-hmm. of run up the flagpole, basically. Right. Um, you know, the Vogue kind of signs off on what the pairings are going to be and are they okay with it. And then very often I think that they will go to designers and say, you should take this person or we were thinking it would be great for you to attend with this person. We want to put you together with that person. Mm. Which is really cool. And how does like the money flow happen? Are there any of these sponsored? Is this just sort of so. to attend? I, for Met Gala, I you don't know, think that anybody yeah. gets paid. <clears throat> I think I think that there are a couple different ways this can go. I think that, for example, let's say uh, there's talent who is – because it's a, it's a, it's actually a very good question, Travis, and and Gwen's gut on it is generally speaking correct, which is that people want to go to the Met Gala, they mm-hmm. want to be there. Um, now, I do think that there are sponsored moments, but I think a a lot of those have to do with who's the face of the brand at the time. So if if it's a brand that has a few global ambassadors. The Met Gala will definitely be weaved in as, you know, perhaps one of the appearances they're supposed to make uh, with the designer, if that makes sense. You know, I mean, it, it would get kind of weaved in as as part of what they're doing as a global ambassador to that brand. Right. Which mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. So how does this differ from, like, the Oscars red carpet? Listen, the, the Oscars red carpet is probably – this is just the most, this is the most competitive game in the world, right? <laughs> so um, this will be a combination of, is someone a global ambassador to the brand um, in their ad campaigns, going to a certain number of events, wearing dresses to a number of red carpets, and uh, does the, you know, is the Oscars a part of that, which in most cases it would be. Um, and then you have, uh, there are many, you know, big brands that have the, the, the kind of resources to be able to, uh, contract, uh, different actors and actresses throughout the year, mm-hmm. really just for dressing opportunities. Because as we know, um, it's, it's just not as much about the power of, of print media anymore as much as your advertisements are celebrities, influencers, people wearing your clothes. Mm -hmm. So many of them never have to appear in a traditional ad. Um, You won't necessarily see them on a billboard or in a magazine, but they may have, you know, made a deal to wear a certain, uh, you know, dresses to a certain number of appearances per year. And that, that definitely has become common and, it is going on, um, and I think at first it was frowned upon, but frankly, in my opinion, I just think that the talent and the agents got really smart about their value and and what has media advertising value. Totally. Oh, yeah, and, you know, as, like, 
the advertising game has changed. You know, it's like yeah. brands just don't spend the same kind of money on their advertising in print media or even on television. So they're putting a lot of that budget behind seeing celebrities in the red carpet on dresses. They know that they're going to get play mm-hmm. in magazines mm-hmm. like Us Weekly. Mm-hmm. And other exactly like that, right? that's their form of advertising. Right. They can pull back on, uh, you know, buying print, and they they view this now as this is just this is part of the digital revolution in fashion. It's, right, this is the most pervasive way to advertise. And what's like a general number for an A lister who's contracted for a couple award shows to wear a designer's dress? Like, what are the numbers oh, here? Oh God. Um, I mean, I have to be honest with you, Travis. I, I've heard all kinds of numbers. I mean, yeah. there are people. <laughs> blow you know, our minds! Blow our minds! <laughs> I mean, let, let me put it this way: I, I've I heard you know very there's very very big numbers uh, floating around in the jewelry category. Right. Um, yeah, that's a particular category, and you know the one thing that I think is really kind of interesting and smart about it. Um, is the brands don't want to, the brands that have the money to invest, and and to go back to the point we were just making, the brands that have the money to invest, they don't have a lot of interest in guesswork. They're not interested in the stress. Mm -hmm. They're not interested in waiting to see if it's going to get worn. They're much more interested in saying, here are the, you know, here's a, a group of ladies we think are, are, like perfectly embody our brand, our message, and we want them wearing it. So mm-hmm. let's it, where we may make they may, some of them may make investments that are six figures for one event. Wow. Some of them wow. may make investments that are seven figures for one event. Wow! Um, wow! And yeah, and it's it is it has definitely become. Uh, a very, very big part of award season. But that being said, I have to say it's always refreshing when you see, you know, bigger actresses still wearing like little known brands or wearing their friends. Mm -hmm. And it happens organically. And it's still, and and listen, plenty of it still happens organically. We're talking about like big, big brands with a lot of money who are not terribly interested in any guesswork. They want to know what they're having. That is their form of advertising. That's where they're putting their budget. Well, listen. And it's smart. It it, works. It makes sense because I don't know if you've ever heard this anecdote, Sharon, but we heard, (laughs) I heard from the executives at Bulgari that, Somebody came in to a Bulgari boutique clutching a tear out from Us Weekly. It was a who yep. it was a who wore it best. This is like a case study <laughs> yep. in the industry. It was a who wore yep. it best page. So it was like five celebrities who were all wearing the same serpent necklace. The serpent necklace yeah. And a woman yep. rolled into a Bulgari boutique with this te- sheet teared out, torn out of an Us Weekly magazine and proceeded to buy a serpent necklace for a six-figure necklace. It was like something right, like a right. $310,000 necklace. So is, how did she off. not know about that, the serpent that necklace is already? the way it <laughs> works. Her most it's iconic cut. Really big, yeah, with a really big brand, that is the way it works. And I'll give you a story just like that. I received a phone call from a friend. One of her close friends specifically said, I want to wear the dress 
that Jessica Alba wore to the Globes. Oh my God, that orange for my, dress? For, Do you remember that? For, like, for my, I'm trying to remember. It was a Carl dress. It was the that, best dress she ever wore to the Globes. I have an encyclopedic well, well, knowledge of this she stuff. She wanted it, and she wanted it for her son's bar mitzvah. <laughs> and my friend, my friend called me and said, "Do you know anyone at Gucci?" And I said, "Of course, I'll." I like, I'll put in a call and just find out what the story is. And the dress was like, you know, it was like $135,000 dress. And, um, the old, I, I kind of am busting up this story. Cause I have to tell you, I don't know if she ever pulled the trigger on it would have been a great end to the story if she had. And right. I had that confirmed, but she was fully considering it. And it really wasn't about the money for her. And the, the simple thing is that's what, that is what, happens is mm-hmm. if someone has worn a, a piece of jewelry, and I, and I think that Bulgari is actually a great example as well because they have so much history and there are mm-hmm. so many incredible things that sometimes get pulled from the archives for things like the Globes and the Oscars, that those, are, those become collector's items. You right. know, uh, you, you could have a, you know, you end up having like some, like a, a prince from, you know, Abu Dhabi at, decide that he wants to buy that for his wife. So totally. this is this is what goes on. Those big jewelry houses, they sell right right out of the Globes and Oscars. It's incredible. And, and right out of Cannes. And you know, what about I mean, how does, oh yeah, Khan is coming. It's very exciting. But now how does the street style game differ? Because, you know, our magazine specifically, it's like Us Weekly, especially with who wore it best. And, you know, in our mm-hmm. fashion pages, it's largely about street style and what celebrities are wearing. How does that differ from red carpet? Like how does celebrities, do yeah. they just like love those clothes? Like uh, what happens? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a, that's a really, that's actually a great question because this is one of the, this for me is one of the most organic um, games and, and I, I just love it. And we've always, I mean, first of all, you guys at us weekly have been, you've been so supportive of us, especially for our street style kind of, you know, trend moments. And we've been so grateful at show and co that you guys have been, such champions, um, but we're very, we kind of tout ourselves as an agency as the ones who really got into street style very, very early. Even, you know, at my old agency, I felt like we were identifying street style as sort of the most important element in terms of brands um, really seeing growth and seeing an immediate return on the investment of even just, you know, giving a gift, writing a note and saying, hey, Kate Bosworth, I love your, you know, I love your style. You're so exemplary of everything we believe in at the brand. We wanted to send you this jacket, you know, and we hope you love it. And she wears it and the jacket sells out. Mm -hmm. So, Well, it's really about like creating a vibe and a lifestyle, which is done through. And I think that the, you know what I really think it is, red carpet for most people is about the fantasy. So the reality, the reality of, of being able to ever own something that remotely looks like a gown that's been worn on the red carpet, that's maybe for the top 1% of people in the world who have the kind of money where they could actually go to a Gucci and say, can you make me a custom dress that, that looks exactly like Jessica Alba's. But with street style, 
what I think is, is the reason that it has become so important is because the emotional connection to these celebrities is so strong for people who they love their movies, they love their music, they love their TV shows. When they see people wearing things in their, in their daily lives, it's aspirational, but it's attainable. Right. And I think it's, I think it's important that a general public feels like this is something I can attain. Like I, I look at this, I love her style. She's someone I follow and God, I just love those jeans she's wearing. I'm going to see if I, you know, now what's the most exciting is think about how quickly as consumers we're able to consume. Well, that's the you thing. Know, you, and that was my next question. Was, my next question is like, how has social media changed the game? Well, and entirely. So, you know, we, we now see that, first of all, I always sort of talk about this at meetings, mostly because I think it's funny, even though it's really, really aging me. But, you know, my business partner and I, we make jokes about the fact that we used to go to newsstands at midnight on Tuesday nights to wait for Us Weekly and every weekly magazine so that we could pile up, bring them back to the office the next morning, and go through with our little sticky notes to see if we gotten any placements. Mm. Um, because there was no Instagram, and there was no... We weren't seeing this digitally. Right. We had to wait for the print magazines to come out. Now we're in a situation where we're scrounging. I mean, I, God knows how many photo agencies we've subscribed to so that we are constantly scrounging and getting Google alerts and able to see the minute that someone has worn it. And what's kind of cool about our group of girls working for us is, I mean, down to the button on a pair of jeans, doesn't even matter how many times they have to zoom in. They know right away, okay, that's Jay Brown, or okay, that's Legence, or okay, you know, that's like this really cool Kate Spade jacket or whatever it is. And the, the, the rise of Instagram especially has created stars in the fashion world. Yeah. And these, these women and men who are out there um, posting and tagging, are they, ha they have created businesses for themselves, very, very successful businesses where they have worked out affiliate programs and when they tag something, you are able to, a brand is able to track if it came through their post. And people have built businesses just off their, um, you know, affiliate return. Totally. And now, financially and, and, now, and now you can even like buy right off Instagram. Yeah. Like Instagram well, yeah, now just, you can just, just launch right that. Off. Yeah. I mean, I buy so many things right mm -hmm. off of Instagram. It's amazing. Yeah, and, and I, and frankly, yeah. I, you know, even a lot, many of my clients, I think a lot of them are even just investing in Instagram advertising because people see an ad on Instagram, they click through yeah. and they can buy. And that's what I think is the most exciting about consumption just as a consumer. Right. Um, you know, even though I sometimes feel like a dinosaur, I, I love the fact that you see someone wearing something, you say, I love that. It's like, what jacket is that, that Kate Blanchett has on in that picture? And then you literally within, within 60 seconds, not only do I know 
what it is, but I'm already on the site seeing if I can buy it. Right. And it's like, you know, that's just the way that that media has changed, too, because it's like, you know, even with with advertising in, in media, it's more about like. You know, the game has changed, but the the point of the game remains the same, which is be where your readers are. And that's why we have a print magazine. We have a very lush website. Of course, you guys, you can go to usmagazine.com slash stylish all week long for the best celebrity tips and tricks and all the fashion you want to buy. And, you know, we also have this podcast. We have socials. We have, you know, we're just like where our readers and listeners are at all times. So tell yeah, us. You guys have been, I mean, I would say that, you know, us has really always stayed ahead of that. Um, and, you know, listen, I've seen a lot of magazines fall behind it where they're playing catch up, but I feel like you guys have always stayed ahead of, this is what we need to be doing. We want to be relevant. We want to be speaking to our reader and how do we do that? And, um, you know, the, the podcast alone, I just have thought is such a brilliant idea, such a great thing for you guys to venture into and actually like pretty groundbreaking, you know, in your industry. It is. It really is. That was the brainchild of Dylan Howard. We have to thank him for that. But, you know, it really is all about creating a vibe and a lifestyle and allowing our readers and our listeners to experience that lifestyle with us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like they can kind of be a part of it with us. And, you know, you just launched a really cool new brand that I saw on Instagram called Bedfully. So, and that is really like a vibe-based brand. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Um, Well, so Bedfully is is really born out of my uh, obsession with, not only my obsession with sleep, but... um, my really my obsession just with I love textiles and I love layering and I I just really love beds and and the bedroom and I think it's a sacred place and it's your sanctuary and I've learned from having so many conversations um, just with various friends and people that somehow the bedroom always gets left behind like people feel a lot of stress about I don't know what sheets I should buy I don't know what kind of mattress I should get I don't know what my bed really should look like? Can my bed even fit a king if I wanted one? And I'm, I'm learning from people that they're just sort of, they're sort of like desperate for a place, just somewhere that they can go just to get inspiration. And I felt like there was nothing out there for me, uh, someone who's obsessed with bedding and bedrooms and blankets and sheets and pillows and comfy mattress toppers. And I do a ton of research on, you know, how do you make your bedroom your sanctuary and what are all the elements that need to be in there? Like my newest thing is plants, Oh yeah. um, you know, plants in the bedroom. And, and I, I think that I probably put bedrooms together in some ways, the way, the way I dress, which is, you know, I'm a little bit of like the layering queen and I don't believe in necessarily sticking to, to one aesthetic. I think you can mix a lot of things and not be afraid to take chances um, with your bedding and your bedroom the same, you know, the same way you dress. I think right. it's worth being adventurous and, and sometimes you want a really clean look. And the great thing about a bedroom is you can change it around and make it into something new whenever you want. That is you so know, and true. I think that, that it's like I makeup. think it should be 
another form of, of your own personal expression. I mean, that's your, that is your sanctuary. You spend one third of your life in that room, um, or in a bed, you spend pretty much one third of your life. So shouldn't that bed be like the most comforting place that you can be? And, and it's interesting to me that people feel a lot of stress about, not knowing kind of how to put it all together. And I want to create a marketplace that's highly curated um, and really is just about that. Well, that is so cool. I love the idea of like treating your bed like it's almost like it would be wearing accessories. Like you would be wearing accessories and you could change them out for the season or for for whatever you want. I love that. So you guys, it's the Instagram is at bedfully. That is right. B B E D F U L L Y. So it's Ooh. just think of the word fully, and it's just your complete guide to all things sleep worthy. Oh, and our our, uh, our tagline is is uh, is going to be we give good bed. That's, that's <laughs> well, yeah, we you know, we like to say that we give good good bed too. So uh, we're we're, we're, we're not going to be getting much sleep on Monday night because it's the Met Gala. But we'll be thinking about. Um, that vibe. We can look at the Instagram. While and we'll be over to your bed soon, Sharon. Just right ourselves. While we're working hard. But tell us before we let you go, what are you excited to see for this year's Met Gala? What do you think of the theme? And like, what are some of your favorite Met Gala looks of all times or anything that comes to mind? Well, I'm very curious how this camp theme is going to play out. Um, I, you know, I think it's going to be really fun and really spirited. Um, I'm a obsessed with Erdem, so I'm very mm. curious to see what he's going to turn out. I don't think I'm allowed to say who he's bringing yet, but um, I, I am nuts about him, and I'm excited to see what he turns out for this, because he's all about getting into something that's, like, playful and kitschy. Um, and I don't know. I'm, I'm always curious. Listen, I'm, I'm always curious, like, what Beyonce is going to turn up in. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was probably one of the few people who thought that she really kind of stuck to that futuristic theme last year, yeah. even though she was was indeed wearing bedazzled latex. <laughs> I still thought that it was. I still thought it was interesting. But I mean, over you know, I I love I, over the years. I would say there have definitely been some like big big callouts for me. Um, Florence Welch, when she wore McQueen, um, that was back in 2012. Um, I think that was the um, Scaparelli year. And I just thought she was, I I just, this was someone, she had her hair up in that, that braid. And I, I, she can, that woman can pull off anything. I just thought she was so gorgeous. And I'm really into themes. So I actually feel sad when people don't do the theme. So Mm -hmm. I'm into when people actually celebrate the theme and go with it. Um, One year that I was really excited was, and just based on themes and people who really nailed it. Um, And this isn't because I worked on this project with Aliza Licht, who I know has been on your show, but when Aliza was back and at um, Donna Karen and we were, we used to represent Donna Karen Atelier um, we, the year of punk, the, the punk yeah. chaos oh, year, fun. we, we dressed, um, Haley Steinfeld and, um, I just have to say that Aliza and Danielle Vreeland, who was at 
um, at Donna Karen at the time. I mean, to, to say that that brand nailed it, it was Carla Welch styling. Haley was 16 years old, mm. and there she was in when on a first look, just on a first glance, it was this very, very sweet T-length dress in almost like it was like a blushy, nudish cream color. But when you look closely, what you were missing was that it had thousands of the, what made the, the, the design on it were, I can't remember the number, but it, what they were safety pins. Oh, amazing. And it, it was like, it was just like these bursts that almost looked like giant roses but it was all from safety pins. And I loved that here was this young kid, like rocking the punk theme in this really, really subtle, almost like a wink to punk rock kind of way. And I loved that. So cool. Well, thank you so much for all of your thoughts. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on your fabulous podcast. I'm so proud of you guys. It's so brilliant. Congrats to you and your bed. (laughs) (laughs) Continue to give good bed. All right, great. Thanks, Shazza. We will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. 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 You guys, I learned so much. I did learn a lot. That is wild. So much goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. With celebrities and fashion and red carpet and and making all of those decisions. And it's like so much more in depth than we could ever imagine. And expensive. Yeah. yeah. Expensive. I want someone to pay me a lot of money to wear a diamond. I'll give you $2. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So you nice. started. So nice. Put on your resume. <laughs> all right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to Get Trust with us. We will have a new episode for you next week where we break down the absolute most amazing look looks at this year's Met Gala. Until then, go to usmagazine.com slash stylish for celebrity beauty tips and tricks all week long. And until next week, stay gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs>